Hey everybody, good morning. Welcome to Renewing the Center. This is Chris, and after a little hiatus, I'm back in Genesis 18. So if you have your Bibles, uh, we're going to be looking at the visit of the three strangers uh, to Abram and Sarai. I'm going to read, then we'll pray, then we're just going to jump in and see where the Lord wants to speak to us about our own lives as we've said throughout this study in Genesis, Genesis and Exodus are stories that really read us as much as we uh, are tasked to read them. They, they tell us about humanity, about the heart of God, and I think you're going to see something really beautiful today in the Word. The Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Mamar. As he sat at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day, he looked up and saw three men standing near him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent of entrance to meet them and bowed down to the ground. He said, My Lord, if I find favor with you, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. Let me bring a little bread that you may refresh yourselves, and after that you may pass on since you've come to your servant. So they said, Do as you have said. And Abram hastened into the tent to Sarah uh, and said, Make ready quickly three measures of choice flour needed and make cakes. Abraham ran to the herd and took a calf tender and good, and gave it to the servant who hastened to prepare it. And then he took curds and milk and the calf that he had prepared and set it before them and stood by them under the tree while they ate. And they said to him, where's your wife, Sarah? And he said, there in the tent. And then one said, I will surely return to you in due season and your wife, Sarah, shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent entrance behind it. Now, Abram and Sarah were old, advanced in age, and had ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. So Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I've grown old and my husband is old, shall I have pleasure? And the Lord said to Abram, why did, Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, Shall I indeed bear a, son, a child now that I am old? Is anything too wonderful for the Lord? At the set time, I will return to you in due season, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied it, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. And he said, Oh, yes, you did laugh. This is the word of the Lord. Oh, I love it. Thanks be to God. Father, we pray that you would help us to listen to the Bible. We pray that we would be formed as we sit in this passage of Old Testament scripture. Lord, I pray that as we honor Abraham and Sarah and their journey, and, and specifically, Lord, honor your faithfulness toward them, I pray that we would also have hope as we think about our own lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So if you've been hanging with us, uh, you know that before um, the Lord could make Abraham the father of many nations, he actually has to have one child. And over the last number of chapters, we've seen this twisty, turny journey where the Lord is promising fruit to Abraham and Sarah, and they can't imagine how that's going to happen. So they end up making lots of mistakes along the way, um, not the least of which being taking matters into their own hands, trying to force God's hand through uh, making a baby with Hagar, uh, Ishmael. And so here they are. Um, they're old. They're uh, seemingly fruitless. And yet God has spoken promise to them. He continues to promise them. He continues to say, despite your current circumstances, I'm going to bless you. There will be a future for you and for your family. So our passage today represents a moment of absolute massive significance in the Bible. First, three men appear. Uh, Andrei Rublev, a, a famous Russian iconographer, uh, depicted this scene in his Trinity icon. I would encourage you to go look it up if you haven't ever seen it. It's a beautiful piece of religious art. And scholars and, and theologians and artists have, have uh, 
all often speculated that these three strangers, this is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit coming and visiting a barren couple to promise life in a future and promise the good news going to the ends of the earth, all families of the earth being blessed, that here there is a space between the promise of God and the fulfillment of God, and in that space, God comes. He shows up. Father, Son, and Spirit, Trinity, comes into the space. So what happens when these three strangers appear? Well, first, Abram, uh, he moves. Actually, we're told over and over that he runs. He runs here. He runs there. He runs to the field. He runs to his wife. He is responding. He actually also asks God to linger. He says, please don't pass me by. Stay here. We're told that he also prepares a meal complete with milk, cake, and a calf. (laughs) So he runs. He asks God to linger. And then he prepares nourishment, a meal. And during this interaction, the strangers, these three individuals, they ask Abraham about his wife, Sarah. They bring her into the conversation, which I just think is so significant because, number one, it takes two to have a baby. But number two, God cares not just about Abraham and his story, but also Sarah. Sarah's hiding in the tent during this encounter. And we're told in the text that she laughs when the stranger suggests that she's going to have a child, that she's going to birth a son. She just can't believe it. And it makes total sense. She's old. Abraham is old. The time for them to be fruitful has passed. It's too late. They've missed their chance. And maybe you're hearing me today and you think, yeah, the time for me to bear fruit uh, has come and gone. I, I think it's done. I think my, my fruitful season is, is over. Well, I think it's interesting that God enters into Abraham and Sarah's space when they feel the same way, and Abraham is more actively engaged. Sarah is engaged, but she's afraid. She is in the background. She's hiding, and God speaks about her in an effort to draw her into the story. So the Lord asks a question after saying, where is she? What's up with her? He says, why did she laugh? And the exchanger is so good. God asked Sarah, why did you laugh? Like, why, why are you questioning what I can do? And y'all, the Lord knows why Sarah laughs. She laughs for the same reason that you uh, struggle with cynicism when God is saying to you, there's a way forward and you can't see the way forward. So he knows the answer to the question, but I think he wants to know whether Sarah knows the answer to the question. He wants to know why and if she knows why she's hiding, why she's struggling with cynicism and fatalism. And it's interesting that when God says, why did you laugh? He doesn't shame Sarah. He actually follows up that question where he basically says, I see you. I know what you're struggling with. And then he says, I'm going to do what I said I'm going to do. Like this time next year, you're going to have a son. And then Sarah says, I didn't laugh. She lies to God because she's embarrassed. And gosh, how many times have I um, tried to cover my tracks out of shame? And then the Lord says, oh, yes, you did laugh. But y'all, he doesn't change his mind. He still determines to give Sarah and Abraham a child. Y'all, our silly behavior doesn't change God's mind. One of the things that I absolutely love about this passage is that it's just so true to real life. We are all over the place and God continues to say and do what he said he would say and do. I, I find a lot of relief here. Man, there were times over the last couple of years where I didn't have an ounce of faith. Seemingly, I was lost. I felt unsure, unsteady, uh, hopeless. And, you know, the Lord has a way of hanging in there with us when we are 
not willing or able or not feeling strong enough to hang in there in our own strength. It's just who God is. It's what he does. And we see that play out in this story, I think, in such a beautiful, beautiful way. So a couple of things come to my mind, and I want to leave you with these. Number one, as I consider this story and I think about you and I think about me, number one, there are just times when God's promise and the future, um, some future good just seems impossible. Number two, and I think about this story, uh, we sometimes try to help things along. And when we do that, we oftentimes make things more complicated and difficult. So think Ishmael. Number three, God does not give up on us or his promises just because we're anxious and behaving foolishly. Just because we're all over the place. So if you're all over the place right now, I just want to invite you to relax. Take a deep breath and realize God's not finished. Number four, when God moves toward us, he invites us to move toward him. When Abram, in this story, when Abraham saw the strangers, he ran, he prepared, he invited them to remain. So when God's moving and you sense a spark, he in, he's inviting us to respond to him by moving toward him. Number five, God is determined to get at the roots of our fears and our insecurities. He's going to ask questions. God knows where the insecurity is. He just wants to know that you know. So what he does is he probes. He asks questions. And we see that. Think of Sarah hiding in the tent. Um, there are parts of me that I know are like Sarah hiding in the tent. Places of doubt and questioning. Places where I'd rather linger in the background than step into the foreground. I mean, just yesterday I reached out to my counselor because I'm feeling some some stirring, some anxiety, some fear around some stuff happening in my professional life. And I just knew that I needed to get with, with somebody wise to get at the root of understanding what's going on inside of me. Why do I feel the way I do? God's curious about your fear and insecurity because he wants you to be curious about where it's coming from. And lastly, when we lie to ourselves, which we do, and to God, which we do, he remains faithful but he will press into the lie. Many of us believe things about ourselves, about God. Many of us try to cover our tracks because it's embarrassing to be afraid and to feel insecure or to be cynical. Um, God cares about that. He remains faithful, but I'm going to tell you, he's going to want to press into the lies that we've believed, the lies that we tell ourselves. So I just want to invite you to consider where do you find yourself in this story? Uh, where's God asking you to hold something that would be true, something that would help you grow? Because at the end of the day, y'all, that's what he wants from us. He wants us to grow. He wants us to believe him. He wants us to admit our vulnerability, our cynicism, our fear, our junk. And then he wants us to move forward with him. So I pray that you would find grace. You would find truth that would renew you in your heart today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.